Miss Marvel has officially concluded in San Diego Comic-Con. It's happening right now. My full review of the show, plus Comic-Con news, thoughts, and predictions for Marvel's panel, coming up right now on 15 Minutes of Marvel. There was an idea. Because if we can't protect the Earth, you can be damn well sure we'll avenge it. We're going to do this all day. What are they called again? Annulax batteries. Harvey Larry batteries. As far as I'm concerned, that's America's ass. I control the truth. Mysterio is the truth. Boom. You looking for this? What is up? What is up? And welcome back to 15 Minutes of Marvel, the only podcast that gives you Marvel reviews, news, and rumors in pretty much 15 minutes. I am your host, Ethan Simi. Today on the pod, I am finally, finally supplying you with my full thoughts on all six episodes of Miss Marvel. I was not able to review episodes five or six due to the format change of the pod. Going to once a week meant that I was sacrificing some same-day reviews. So I am glad to be finally able to talk about these episodes. I'm here to review them now and take a look at the series, all six episodes, as a whole project. Plus, like I mentioned in the intro, got some Comic-Con to talk about. Got predictions, wants, needs from Marvel's panel tomorrow, which is crazy. It's happening in like just over 24 hours as of recording this. San Diego Comic-Con is going on right now. We already got a trailer for the Dungeons & Dragons movie. We don't have any Marvel news quite yet, but we are getting some things. We got a new trailer for Don't Worry Darling. Um, Lots of fun things that are coming out of Comic-Con, and I'm very, very excited to see what happens for Marvel. It's probably not going to be as big as 2019, probably not going to be as massive on the casting front, but we will talk about that. We will get to that. But first, let's let's start on a, on a cosmic level here. Let's talk about a little bit of Marvel. Now, I did just get back from two weeks in Kauai. I had a couple pre-recorded episodes with my thoughts on Thor, Love and Thunder. I had a spoiler-free, a spoiler-filled review as well. And needless to say, I didn't, I didn't really like that movie a whole lot. I, th- I thought there were a lot of redeeming qualities, but it just wasn't my vibe. I, now, I still haven't seen it a second time. Uh, my wife would not let me go to the only movie theater on Kauai uh, because the beach and the pool and, you know, the nice weather. And uh, it didn't really make sense to go to the movie theater. So I will be seeing it a second time in the uh, coming couple of weeks and hopefully giving some follow-up thoughts. Uh, and, and you know, they might change. I might be, I might be open to more things uh, now that I've kind of had some discourse with a lot of people about it. But I will get to that. Um, so this is the first new episode that I'm recording now that I'm back from vacation. Got back uh, just uh, a day ago. And uh, I'm excited to be back behind the mic. This is uh, very fun. I'm, I'm really excited to talk about Miss Marvel because I did get to finish that on my trip. That was the one thing I was able to I was able to watch. I was able to finish. And I've got thoughts. I've got thoughts. So let's start with episode five because I was not able to talk about episode five um, or six. Episode five, it wasn't, it wasn't my favorite episode. I will just say that. I, I think that the show suffered a little bit pacing and storyline-wise in episodes four and five. I, I made my thoughts pretty clear on that when it came to episode four. Wasn't my favorite either. I think we kind of took a, a little bit of a hit back, a little bit of a slump. Apparently, there was a big family storyline with uh, you know the, the world behind the veil and the newer and all of these things that was cut out of the show due to covid you could definitely feel that. You could definitely feel like something was missing. And knowing that helped a little bit. 
but I'm still bummed that it was cut because it just felt like we we escalated, right? We jumped from innocent, curious Kamala to Red Daggers and the Veil and the Noor and time travel and all of these big tonal leaps. And it wasn't all bad. Don't get me wrong. There were lots of things that I did like about it. I just think this was the weakest point in the show, episodes four and five. Episode six, I will talk about here momentarily, but I think episode six did a pretty good job of pulling it back, pulling it together, and give us some really, really cool moments. You know the moments that I'm talking about. If you've seen it, you know. If you haven't seen them, I'm going to spoil it for you, so I'm just going to give you a warning right now. Um, but I liked episode five for what it did provide for for Kamala and her family history. Um, I, th- I thought that was important, and it really took the time to reconcile with how important uh, lineage is to Kamala and her family lineage is and in her culture and everything that matters to Kamala. So I think it really did kind of bring that point home, which I thought was really strong, really good. And the bangle gave a lot of important nature to the bangle because giving importance and emphasis on on an item like this, right? Really a MacGuffin. The MCU is very good at using MacGuffins and the bangle is no different. Giving emphasis, importance, and and getting us to care about a, an item, a MacGuffin, a bangle, it doesn't get done a lot in the MCU. There are a lot of things that just kind of come and, and we are expected to care about them because they have uh, magic powers, the Tesseract, or because they can do certain things or someone once owned them or whatever. But we spent quality time understanding the history of the bangle and what it meant to not just Kamala, but her entire family, her entire lineage, and, and what it, it truly means. So I thought that was really important, and I like that that was done with such importance. Episode 6 felt like Home Alone meets the MCU. I honestly loved basically every second of it. Um, I thought Bruno's humor was on point. I'm a big team Bruno. Um, I know a lot of people out there are team Kamran. I just can't. I can't get with it. I'm not team I'm team Bruno all the way, all a day. He just gives me Peter Parker vibes, especially when a, when the drone showed up. I was like, oh, we're getting a little, we got a little, uh, you know, poor man's Peter Parker here. Thought that was kind of fun. Um, and I loved the full realization of Kamala and her powers. She says in Biggin, which was very fun, having uh, her community protect her from the DODC, having that little subplot with the DODC, I thought was very interesting and and really something cool to put in there of how we get differing thoughts on young people with superpowers and what that means for the universe that we live in, and how people even within the agency have differing thoughts about that. Everything about the, sh- the episode I, th- I thought was really quite good. We got a, a nice pivotal moment with, with Kamala and Kamran, understanding both of their powers now, um, which is interesting, and that's a whole nother thing, and I thought, that played, I, th- I thought that played fine with Kamran. I was much more focused on Kamala and her utilizing and, and coming into the full realization, the full coming-of-age story of getting her powers. The pacing was quick, it was engaging, which is nothing new for an MCU finale. Um, I guess, you know, put, put against the, the um, backdrop of, of Loki, very different, right? Um, and, and I adore Loki for what it did give us in, in being a direct juxtaposition to the classic MCU of quick, engaging, action-packed. Um, but I thought that Miss Marvel really honed in on that and did a good job. The montage was fun. I always think a good montage is a, is a lot of fun. Getting everybody involved character-wise was really cool. Hitting home the important core aspects of the show. Like I said, the community protecting Kamala. The community is 
her family. Um, and the CGI, I thought, was smartly done. I don't think it was overdone. There were a lot of moments where it could have definitely been overdone. And I'm sure they're, they're probably not still trying to get it right, but they just didn't want to maybe reveal too much too early. Um, it is a show. It does have a smaller budget. I know the budget is is big for a TV show, but it is you know less than a, a production budget on the Marvels will be. And I will talk about the Marvels here in a moment because we got that very nice lead-in to the Marvels and, and what it could mean for the, the movie um, and Kamala Khan as a character. I thought it was smartly done. I liked what we saw. You get emotional, impactful moments. I mentioned the moment with Kamran and Kamala, um, but you also get moments with Kamala and her dad. What a wonderful moment that was, explaining what Kamala means and that being the origin story of her getting the moniker of Miss Marvel. And then us, as an audience member, seeing her take off in the sky and seeing her reflection in her dad's glasses. I, I thought that entire moment was the perfect encapsulation of not just Kamala Khan, not just Miss Marvel, but the show as a whole and Amon Vellani as, as an actor in this show and why she is perfect for this role and for Marvel and for the MCU. She encapsulates the meaning and the powerful nature of that conversation so, so well. She's invested in every moment, every nanosecond of that conversation with her dad um, I, I think that is one of the best moments that we've gotten in an MCU show to date. Post-credit scene, huge fan. Let's talk about the post-credit scene for a second. First thought that uh, of where we're going here. Um, a little little John Hughes-esque coming-of-age story, but with body swapping? Uh, that's That's kind of where I first went. So I've got thoughts about this. So it was revealed that Nia DaCosta, the director of the Marvels, did indeed film this post credit scene. I think that is wonderful. Not only because it means that, that she filmed this scene for this show and not only that she's getting involved, but it gives her the opportunity to be involved with Kamala's story and letting her segue into her big story that DaCosta wants to tell. I think this is a really good moment, a good representation of how you should be tying these projects together. Because getting Nia DaCosta to direct this moment means that she has maybe not full control. We know that. We, we know that there are, there are higher-ups and, and, and the Feige gods are out there um, determining where things are heading. But she does have a, a broad span of control over what story she wants to tell when it comes to the Marvels in particular. She didn't get to tell Kamala's story here for the six hours that we sat with her, but she got the post credit scene, and she can understand and fully dictate where Kamala is headed when it comes to the Marvels, and she gets to be part of a, moment, a, a, a monumentous and pivotal scene like this. Um, I thought the magic, or, or whatever we saw, if it was magic, bangle, time travel, wh whatever this was, it looked amazing and new. We have never, ever seen something like that in the MCU before, where it kind of like, um, turn, you know, the, the, the person kind of like turns in on themselves and then like twists and turns. I thought it looked really fucking cool. I personally thought it, I thought it was awesome. And Captain Marvel showing up. Uh, I just want to say right here, right now, um, I told you so. I, I, I don't know if there's a better way to say it. I knew from the beginning. I think a lot of people knew, but, you know, I'm not going to. I'm just going to take the win. Where I'm going to take the victory where I can get it. 
um, Miss Marvel showed up, and and I thought that was going to happen. I did think it was going to happen a little bit earlier, and I thought she would have played a little bit bigger role maybe in the final episode, giving us more than just a few seconds of screen time that we got. But regardless, Captain Marvel showing up, saying no, 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 was so stress-inducing. My Lord Almighty, what is going to happen in the Marvels? What is going to happen in the Marvels? I, I think this was a wonderful post-credit lead-in, and truthfully, I think this is what some of our post-credit scenes have been missing. This ominous sense of mystery. We don't get everything answered right away. We don't even know what this means. We don't know what that magic was. We don't know where Kamala goes. We don't know where Captain Marvel comes from. We don't know any of this. And it looks like Brie Larson is wearing a new costume, new, new colors, new clothes, new gloves. And we don't know any of this. And I think that's what makes it so interesting. So my biggest question here, and I'm going to go off on a little tangent, a little tangent really, really quickly, um, because what is going to happen in the Marvels, right? This is the biggest question for me. Where is the movie going to pick up? I think there are a lot of different options here, and, and I kind of want to lay them out, and I want to give you my take briefly. Is the movie going to... I, I feel like we have three scenes, okay? Where is the movie going to pick up? It is either going to pick up from this scene, directly from this scene, and we just get thrown right into it. We saw Multiverse of Madness threw us right into something. Now, it wasn't directly tied to a scene, but we, we got the jump early, which was pretty fun. Will we see this scene in the movie again? Will we backtrack a little bit in the movie? Will we jump around? And then will we actually get to see this scene again? And will it play a pivotal moment? Because it feels like it is. It feels like it is a huge moment that just cannot go unaddressed. Or is this a supplemental scene? Will it just be addressed in, in talk? Will it just be addressed through a dialogue dump? And the MCU is getting a little intense with, with the dialogue dumps here, with, with the exposition kind of exposés, and really, really felt that in Thor Love and Thunder. We got the big rehash of what happened in Ragnarok and what happened before that, and it's like, we've reached a point in the MCU where we don't necessarily always need to rehash that, um, and we just need to move on. So, is this scene just supplemental? Will we just mention it and say like, wow, that was a weird moment, and then move forward? I don't think, I don't think that is going to happen. I don't want that to happen. But here's why this is such an important question for me. And why I'm taking such a long, long time to kind of roll through this. Because WandaVision and Multiverse of Madness, they did go pretty hand in hand, right? We got the WandaVision theme song in Multiverse of Madness, and I got chills, let me tell you. Because WandaVision was a fucking era. But you talk about the Marvels, you talk about Marvel Studios as well. And the opportunity to truly use these shows to push the movies forward, this is that moment right now. This is it. This is the crux. This is the pivotal choice in that, I feel like, because Kamala got her own. Kamala got six hours. America Chavez got nothing. She was introduced in, in, in Multiverse of Madness, and that is one of the biggest problems that we had with that movie and with that character in particular. She deserved much more. Kamala has been introduced. We understand her core values, who she is as a person, who she is as a hero now, and we have six hours of storyline involving her way more than the movie, the Marvels, is going to end up being, they can build upon that. They can make sure that Kamala stays centered on how important her family is to her, use that as a driving force in the movie, and things like that. I, I have high expectations and I have high hopes, honestly. I think this movie is going to be a banger. And I think that it is 
because of this reason. I do think Nita Costa filming the post credit scene tells me she cares. She knows where Miss Marvel is. She has seen it. She understands. We don't don't have a Sam Raimi situation here where he's like, I've never, I don't know what WandaVision is, but we're just going to roll with it. I, it's fine. He's Sam Raimi. I think there's pros and cons to that, and it's an entirely different conversation, and I don't want to devolve into that. But I like, and I'm probably reading way too much into her filming a 20-second a post credit scene, but hey, that's why I have a podcast, right? That's what we're doing here. So anyway, all of this to say, I think this is going to be good. I wouldn't be mad if the movie picked right up after the scene, but I think the better way to to use this and utilize this moment is showing the scene again in the movie. I think that would be really powerful, and I think that would be a proclamation of Marvel Studios to say, you remember this scene? You remember these, these 20 seconds that we saw in Miss Marvel? They're on the big screen right now, and these shows are important. They matter moving forward. And they will play huge roles because we don't have enough time in the movie itself to say everything we want to say about Kamala. So we gave her six hours on her own. We're going to give you this little snippet to tie it in. And then we move forward. Then we hit the gas. I think that's the way to go. Anyway, that was really, really cool. Um, one other thing when it comes to Miss Marvel before I, I take just a couple minutes to talk San Diego Comic-Con. Um, first time back on the mic and like, you know, three weeks. So it was, it was expected. It was expected that I was going to, I was going to talk a little bit here. Um, that word, that song, that fucking moment in Miss Marvel. Holy shit. Wow. That was exciting. The X-Men animated theme song. When Bruno said a mutant, I was fucking hyped. Look, I'm probably going to go rewatch it after, as soon as I, as soon as I get done recording this, because that was tight. I, I, I had heard uh, rumblings, rumors on my Twitter timeline before I saw this of like, wow, that moment, that moment. And I was like, what does that mean? Waiting for the moment, waiting, waiting, waiting. And then it happened. I was like, that's, that's the moment. I know. Who would have thought that it would be Miss Marvel that would introduce the word mutant and the X-Men animated theme song? Um, God, mutants are coming. I thought that was so exciting. and. I thought it was actually really placed really quite well. I, I think I'm, I'm sure there's people out there that are, you know, saying, oh, Miss Marvel's not a mutant. She's an inhuman. And I understand that. And Terrigen Mist. And look, if anybody gets it, I get it. I'm Agents of Shield. I'm pro Terrigen Mist, okay? I'm Agents of Shield fanboy over here. Terrigen Mist plays a huge role in who Quake is in Agents of Shield. And if you're going to bring Quake into the MCU, she has to be a mutant as well. I, I'm sure she won't be an inhuman. Um, and again, whole different conversation but i thought that was really cool i liked it a lot i like that she's a mutant i think it was a really fun way to divulge that information from bruno to harken back to episodes one and two and trying to figure out why she is the way that she is overall i thought the the show was wonderful emotional powerful storytelling core values on kamala and the show as a whole like i said i'm team bruno love that guy awesome vibe great coming of age superhero story episodes four and five did take a step back but i think six wrapped it up pretty nicely. Where does it rank among the other MCU Disney Plus shows? I don't know. I guess you'll just have to wait and find out when I rank them all with a very special guest in the next few weeks. That is right. A little teaser for you. A new episode coming out. Because anytime there's a new show, we got to re-rank. We got we to gotta reevaluate. And if, we are not, if we're not ranking things, what are we doing with Marvel, right? If, we, if we're not ranking everything, what, what are we doing here? Um, okay. A couple minutes for Comic-Con because Marvel panel hasn't happened yet. So there's not a lot to 
talk about news-wise or a lot to confirm. Um, I, I do not know if I will have a, a an emergency pod talking about San Diego Comic-Con. My guess is I probably will. I'm just going to say that right now. I'm probably going to be too hyped. Probably going to want to talk about it a little bit. I might have an emergency pod in the next few days talking about San Diego Comic-Con. But let's wrap this pod with this. Um, I talked about it briefly a few weeks ago, what could happen. Marvel's panel is literally tomorrow in just over 24 hours. We have a better idea of what we could get. We do have something confirmed, not necessarily out of Comic-Con, but we did get two pieces of confirmed news over the last day or two. We're going to get our first look at Spider-Man freshman year, the animated MCU prequel show that is going to debut at San Diego Comic-Con tomorrow in Marvel's panel. Tom Holland is said to not be voicing that Spider-Man. Deadpool 1 and 2 and Logan are officially streaming on the Disney Plus platform. Huge, huge news. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it, but it's big news for the more mature side of the MCU that is rumored to be coming. And I find it no coincidence that they are starting to stream today, the day before we get Marvel in Hall H at San Diego Comic-Con. Are we going to get a Deadpool 3 release date? Are we going to get a, a rated R confirmation? Are we going to get a, Wolver a Wolverine casting announcement? Anything can happen. I think they are just, they're priming us. They're buttering us up, getting us ready for what could come during the panel. Let's speculate very, very quickly. Will Poulter has said in an interview that he is going to be at Comic-Con. So we could see some Guardians 3 news. Um, we still have some, some uh, rumored cast members that have not been officially confirmed by Marvel. Could get confirmed tomorrow at Comic-Con. Um, he could probably be presenting or, or giving us more info on Adam Warlock. You never know. Uh, Werewolf by Night. I think we're going to get a release date. I think we're going to get a title card. Details about a potential Moon Knight appearance, crossover, potentially. I, I don't know if that will happen, but I do think we're going to get a date and a logo title card. Um, Wakanda Forever is the next movie. No trailer yet. No poster yet. No casting announcement on Namor yet. Heavy chances we see something here. I, I think we are going to get our Namor, and I think that is going to be big when it comes to the next phase of the MCU. Now, when it comes to phases, lots to be said about Phase 5. Uh, Kevin Feige has teased that we're, he's going to reveal a lot of information I think a lot of that info is going to be revealed at D23 later this year. This panel won't quite live up to the, the 2019 hype when it comes to Comic-Con. Uh, so manage your expectations, but just know if you don't get an answer to Comic-Con, if you don't get the news that you're hoping for, if we don't find the Phase 5 information, could be coming later down the pipeline at D23. A couple more predictions here. Uh, MODOK set to make an appearance in Quantumania. It's possible that we get casting. Jim Carrey is tied to that, which would be pretty fun. Uh, plus, I'm secretly hoping we get a little more info on King's involvement in that movie and, and what he's going to be doing. Um, and speaking of baddies, Victor Von Doom, long awaited to be announced. Will we see a casting announcement for that villain tomorrow? I'm thinking that we will. We shall see. Um, I don't think that we're going to get a Fantastic Four casting announcement. I don't think that John Krasinski is going to be named or, or, or Richard Reeds or, or Mr. Fantastic. Um, I think it's possible that we do get an official logo reveal. I know we kind of had that placeholder Fantastic Four logo, um, and I just don't, I just don't see that being the final rendition of the logo. Um, and it's possible we even get a date. Um, we we will see. Last thing, I think we're really due for some some news on the upcoming Blade movie. It's been talked about. It's been teased for a long time, and I just feel like we're in need of some some official official stuff. So I'm thinking that Mahershala Ali going to give us a little blade information um i think that would be cool anything is possible at san diego comic-con as you all know um never rule anything out but don't expect the 
the world. Um, I do think, however, we are going to get a Captain America 4 title. Um, I think we're going to get some information there, and I think that would be fun. Um, none of this is probably going to happen, and we're probably going to get an X-Men movie uh, uh, date, a full cast, mutants, anything. I'm sure that we'll just get the wireless thing. And really, you'd be okay with that. I'd be okay with that. We'd, we'd all be okay with anything that happens when it comes to San Diego Comic-Con. Um, like I said, anything's possible. What did you think about Miss Marvel? And what are your predictions for Marvel at San Diego Comic-Con? Hit me up on Twitter and let me know at 15 Minute Marvel. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast on any major podcast platform. A huge shout out to the patrons of the show. Brandon Clark, Alan Cole Peacock, Corelia Christie, TJ Zorch, Jessica, Carlos Freitas, and Joey Lett. Thank you all so much. Uh, you guys all get bonus episodes of the pod every single month on Patreon. Just two, two bucks a month. You get bonus episodes and they're fun with new guests and, and really get to dive into some fun Marvel conversations. Uh, go check that out. I will see you back here next time. I'm Ethan Simi. And remember, always go higher, further, and faster. Faster.